Welcome to the Road to Black Podcasts, brought to you by the BJJ Physio. The BJJ Physio helps optimize the training of jiu-jitsu athletes so they can dominate their next performance. How do they do this? They provide strength and conditioning, physical therapy, and heart rate-based conditioning through a completely remote and online management system. Meaning you can be anywhere in the world and take your BJJ performance to the next level. Contact Dr. Wesley Reed at info at thebjjphysio.online or follow him at the BJJ Physio on Instagram to find out more. Also brought to you by Roll Union Jiu-Jitsu. Visit rollunion.com and follow Roll Union on Instagram to shop the latest jiu-jitsu styles. Roll Union brings you the best fitting geese on the market, the most comfortable rash guards, and premium soft jiu-jitsu tees. Next time you're in the market for some new gear, check out RollUnion.com for the stylish and the savage. Lastly, we're brought to you by DownToRoll.com. DownToRoll.com was born out of the need for an innovative way to find BJJ training partners during the COVID-19 crisis. With gyms being shut down for many across the globe, you can register at DownToRoll.com and find small group training partners in your area. You can message partners directly from the map and interact with other like-minded players on the Down to Roll exclusive network. Go to downtoroll.com and start training again now. Thanks for supporting our sponsors, and we hope you enjoy this episode of the Road to Black podcast. All right, welcome to episode five, the Road to Black podcast. What is cracking? How you doing, Wes? <laughs> Good, How was man. your weekend? Uh, weekend was good, man. Got to check out a little bit. Um, I tend to not do uh, any work. And, um, you know, I think so for everybody out there, uh, both of us are business owners. I don't know what Paul's routine is, but um, on weekends, I literally do not look at anything work related. And I make sure that I am spending dedicated time with my family. So that is a super important thing to keep in the, my relationship healthy and happy. So I, my weekend was good. I good checked you, out. Man. I let, me, che- let me applaud that. Okay. <laughs> because I do, I cannot, I can't make that happen for myself, but it's. I'm yeah. So it was good. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I know it snowed. Oh, you sent dude. me a photo, beautiful photo of your your property and all the snow that's piled up so far. We got like a foot of snow here. It is so I had to dig out this morning. Um, still to Fort Collins, still don't have uh, our cars out, but I own a Jeep, so a lifted Jeep. So I just pulled that out of the garage, and that's that's what you go with. That's what I go with. That's and what so it's I'll, for. Yep, exactly. I will. I will shelf the. My, I have a little Honda Civic too. I'll put that in the garage and um, now I'll switch over to my Jeep as my winter vehicle. And um, that's what it is. But I had to, so I work in a, it's it basically on the back end of my property, I have a, I have a bunch of outbuildings and I've turned one into my office. So for everybody, I've got like jujitsu mats in there, uh, my desk, and um, I had to dig out a path into my office and um, it doesn't have a heater in there right now. It's like 10 degrees here currently. So um, I'm indoors and had a little bit of a plan yeah, move, change. Yeah. yeah. Move your studio inside. Yeah. yeah so it's uh, things have been a little wild here. So over here, this is like the one weekend I've lived in Arizona pretty much my whole life. So I've seen it more and more where we have less of a fall less of a fall, like over the course of my life, there's just, and sure enough, this week, last week it was in the nineties today. It was like, I think it was in the upper sixties. So literally one weekend of transition as a fall. I mean, that's how it is here in Arizona, as you know, I mean, it's been hot and we set records all summer long. Um, most consecutive hundred, hundred degree days, most consecutive 110 degree days. And it's like now it was one weekend we got like, it was nice over the weekend. And then today, I mean, it's, don't get me wrong. It's, it's actually beautiful today, you know, in this upper sixties, maybe seventies, but, um, that's it. That was the, that was fall. We had fall over the weekend and now it's going to move into winter for <laughs> at Arizona, you know, cause it gets cold. It starts getting cold right now. So, um, especially in the mornings and nights, but everyone welcomes it obviously. Yeah. 
it's beautiful down there during this time. I, I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, when all this snow was falling, I'm not going to lie that I didn't peep game over on what the temperatures are down there. And yeah. oh, dude, it's like, oh, it's like 85 down there. This, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's about to get a lot nicer over here, but yeah, this snow's fun for a while. I could never live there. Yeah. That's. Did that's, you see the, the Khabib fight or did you see the clips? Any yes. So yes. great. It, fantastic way to go out. What, oh a, my what God. a, what a great way to go out. Um, that was amazing. Just he's the best. He's the I, goat. I, I, that's what I was going to ask is, is it, is there any way to, I don't want to say deny, but is there any way to argue that he is not, not, not the I mean, goat? I mean, you, it's, it's hard saying people are the goat because I, I never liked that because there's just so many, there's just so many great greats, you know, yeah. and there's always going to be, okay, so Khabib's the goat now. What if another guy comes along and he's just as good and he's 30, you know, and he retires, you know, it's like, they're all so good. There's a bunch of goats, but he is by far, I mean, obviously he's undefeated. He just wrecked everybody. I mean, the only other guy is John Jones who really doesn't have a loss and he's already considered one of the greatest. Um, but Khabib is just, he's such a, um, I mean, he's just such a a great example of like just what it takes to be a champion and the champion mentality, but also just how humble he is and how, how much of a family guy he is. And he's just, he's just a great person too. It seems not that I know him, but I mean, I like that. He's one of my favorite fighters, hands down. He has been, he's become one of my, one of the best guys to watch for me. And, you know, he, he might, he's might be a one he's got, you know, definitely he's, he's the grappler, you know? So another reason why you just watch this guy control and it's just on such another level. Like he just makes other professionals look, uh, just like amateurs. Absolutely. He just, he's so dominant. Yeah. I mean, just. He's so dumb. It's unbelievable. It's unreal. And and it just shows he's been doing it his entire life. Yeah. Um, But he, uh, I saw he had told Daniel Cormier after the fight, uh, they were talking about the fight and he said, because he had, he had like threw on that, he threw, he threw on that arm bar from the top. And he's like, uh, in the moment, he, I guess Carmier asked him what he was thinking or what did he, um, he, why did he transition to the triangle? And he said, well, because, uh, Dustin's parents were in the audience and I didn't want them to see him get hurt. So, so just think about that. Like he's in the moment of the biggest fight of his entire career, everyone in the world's watching. And he has like the, the wherewithal in that moment to, switch and he actually said he thought like that's what his thinking was isn't that great that That just shows like the that is so unbelievable that he thought about that in that moment and how comfortable he was to be able to think through things like that and make the transition to the triangle which is his dad's favorite submission the one he put on how about that yeah this whole fight was about his father and he's the final submission of this guy's career is his dad's that's, favorite submission. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> there's a, um, so there's, uh, it, that shows the, just the level of mastery that this guy has. There's, amazing. there's, there's actually, um, research about, um, different levels of mastery. And one of them is, is how you reflect on things. And there's what's called reflection, um, on action, meaning you're reflecting on the things that you've already done, and then you're trying to um, change them for future circumstances or future scenarios. That's not quite to a true level of mastery yet. There's also what's called reflection in action, where literally you are in the moment and you can reflect from almost like a a third party, like a third set of eyes on the whole thing. And that's when um, you have actually achieved some sort of, some sort of level of mastery where you're in the moment. And I learned about this actually um, just through trying to like my, like trying to refine my clinical skills. Um, 
in for my profession. And so you can, when I started learning about this, it was like, how do you gauge a patient's, um, you know, the, the interventions that you're, you're doing. And so if you, if you have just a, to be quite honest, if you, if you, if your interventions don't work and then you look at it afterwards and you're looking at, oh, my intervention didn't work, da, 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 here's why. And you create mm-hmm. a game plan for the next time. But if you are in the moment and you can say, my interventions are not working, how can I change this intervention right now to get to that next level so that this patient walks out of here with the desired outcome? Um, that is like when your clinical skills really take off. So that's actually where I learned right. about that okay. level of of uh, achievement and mastery on honing your skills. And it's one of those things that it, it applies everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. And so this is so another one master. of those. You have to be a master to where you can be <laughs> in the moment. Yes, exactly. And, and actually uh, reflect on what you're doing and then change what you're doing based on the actual. It's, it's such an interesting um, it's such an interesting thing. And yeah, that's, that's pretty wild though. To be it's like crazy. in a fight, it's different, you know, when, you know, you're, it's different when, when you're not fighting somebody, um, you know, when I'm in the clinic, I don't have a, a clinic per se anymore, um, all online, but you know, it's, um, you know, that my adrenaline isn't going crazy and I don't right. have anybody throwing punches at me, but you know, it's his profession and that's what he's used to. And um, it's pretty incredible what he was able to achieve. It was great. Such a, he's, he's, I mean, for the most part, he's usually so humble and respectful. And I just love that to see. It's great to see a champion like that. You know, there's obviously guys that are not like that. And, but that respect and it's kind of like the martial way, you know, that, um, just being, you know, honoring the profession too, you know, and his coaches and his father. And it's amazing. So, you know, with honoring segue into our episode here, respect, honor, etiquette, something we want to talk about is a little jujitsu etiquette in the gym. And just with the way of life, um, as a jujitsu athlete and a practitioner, whether you're a hobbyist or, you know, you're more serious, but, um, always kind of an interesting topic and it's 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 one that you have to kind of delve into like your gym's culture in terms of you know and what what we're talking about here is um everything from showing respect is like a jujitsu as a martial art and and respecting the traditions and um all the way to you know taking care of your training partners um hygiene you know what to what to talk about in the gym versus what not to talk about in the gym so wanted to touch touch on a couple of those topics and one is um a fun one for me is uh as i was getting started was to learn kind of the lineage of um my instruction so it's interesting because I've asked some guys, some newer people, guys, gals, whoever, newer people. And a lot of times they don't understand just because I've been at our gym where I train for, you know, several years now, I I know kind of, uh, what the lineage is and what the, you know, the history of our, our professor and some of the coaches there. And it's kind of interesting. And I think it's a real important part. If you're going to continue your journey to understand that. And, um, part of that is, what we're talking about here is kind of etiquette or, you know, showing kind of respecting not only the art, but where, you know, the pr- professor in the academy and being kind of proud to, you know, train there and represent that academy. So the lineage is a key there. And it's, it's real fun to actually go and do a study and kind of go back and see where your tree is. And it helps you learn a lot if you've ever done something like that. Also about just the the amount um and of the deep knowledge of jujitsu masters and how they just came from this one family it's incredible you know so for me i I say learning your lineage is is awesome and um that kind of goes with just getting in and getting comfortable with your gym and knowing the history but also 
knowing how to, you know, speak to other practitioners and your professor. So, you know, when I first started out, I, it was, this was all new to me. So in martial arts academies in general have some of that tradition, it's very traditional um, aspects to them mm-hmm. versus maybe some other sports that you're getting into. So that's why I say you kind of want to respect that by understanding what those traditions are, your lineage. Um, but when I first started, you know, some of the new things for me um, is, you know, just kind of the whole bowing system and um, kind of like the protocols where you come in and, and some of the gym hygiene and taking your shoes off and not walking off the mats and those things. To us, it's like second nature now, but for someone just starting out, it can be kind of overwhelming or you really don't, you know, there might be a sign on the gym and says, Hey, do this, this, and this, but maybe you don't understand why, you know? So what was your experience when you first started out? And did you, when did you ever, if, were you ever interested in kind of learning the history and the tradition of a gym that you were at? Was it right away? Or was it when you kind of came training where we were training together or? I know the history of basically every gym that I've trained at. Um, yeah, so I started out at a as a, at a Hoist Gracie affiliate. Um, got my blue belt from Hoist himself, um, which also it was also a very traditional gym. It was very um, bow in, bow out. Everybody lines up, bows to. Um, a picture of Elio on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, it was super, super, super traditional. Um, that's that's a completely different experience, huh? It's completely, <laughs> very, completely different. Um, and everyone's going to have those different, especially as lineages grow on and, yeah. and move away from some more of the tra- traditional things. You know, it only takes a couple of removals of a black belt to do his own thing has her own thing and maybe they don't carry along some of those traditions that's why it's kind of important for you to study up and see see what lineage you're from and it's kind of a fun thing to do so yeah so um the second school i was at uh was a it's a Easton school down in denver they're under um amal easton who's a black belt from um Henzo, so they were a Henzo school, much less traditional, uh, st- you know, basically a big MMA school, mm-hmm. um, good jiu-jitsu program, good Muay Thai program, um, and a, certainly a well-respected MMA program, but much less traditional, um, and then trained at, at our, our gym, and um, all of them have been completely different. Yeah. Uh, which has been a really cool experience. Yeah, that's cool. I think so, at, at the very least, you want to definitely, you know, if there is like some top 10 things to do for etiquette and jujitsu, you know, show respect and, and to the professor for one, obviously, yeah. you know, you're going to either, if your school is going to bow in and bow out and bow to your professor, you're, you know, your professor and the coaches, they're going to when you start out, you're, you're going to know this thing because you're going to look to your left and your right. And you're going to see everyone doing this and that's the way it's done. Some might just be a greeting, you know, um, you might just greet your professor as they come in. Maybe it's more of a casual thing and, um, Hey, slap bump hands, shake your hand. Hey, what's going on? Everyone, every school is obviously going to have some different, uh, processes and procedures and traditions, but, that you know there's a core there's a core several of them that including this one it's like you're not going to walk in and disrespect the the professor you know so i don't think you know unless you're a crazy person you're going to go in and man to man face to face disrespect someone just by you know maybe maybe you just didn't like the way they ran class or you're just a rude person right you're not going to see that no one's going to do that so getting into like one of my biggest pet peeves is disrespecting the professor when you're late to class. Like that is for me, it's such a big one. And, you know, it's one thing if you're just late once in a while, but if it's something where you're consistently late and, you know, there's, there's the old adage in the memes, which we all love where purple belts show up after the warm up. Yep. 
it's like I laughed maybe the first time I saw that. But the rest, it's like just a big joke. And you're a joke if you do it, honestly. I mean, yeah. just, it's so disrespectful to me that to show up in any other ter- place of life, um, if you're having a one-on-one meeting with someone in a cafe over business, if you're in the boardroom, which I've been in, um, in high-level meetings, if you're consistently late to these things in business, people look at you as if you were a joke behind the scenes. Yeah, And I've worked for many years with people like this and it's like they're oblivious, you know, but in the end, what it is, is it's disrespectful to the people around you who are there making a solid effort, right. To what, if it's business, you know, you're doing work, you're putting work in, we're here meeting about something. We must, you know, it must be important or the boss thinks it's important. So let's all take this seriously. You know, same thing on the jujitsu mats. It's, um, when you're late to class, in, in my experience, you would disrupt the entire class, even if it's when you walk in the door and people look at you. 100%. Even if it's a split second, you're disrupting the class. So that one right there is like got to be – there's just no excuse for consistent lateness. It's just you're either just completely disrespectful or clueless or you're, or you're just selfish, you know? Um that's what it's about. So that, that alone, it's kind of hurts my, it hurts my heart to see people do that to my professor. Honestly, it kind of, kind of pisses me off actually. Cause it's like, here's a, here's somebody that's like put in, you know, if it's somebody that's teaching you, they have so many years dedicated to the art that we love, you know, and they're, I mean, for a lot of those guys that, that is their profession. Yeah. So, and, and people that are on the mats, you know, you'd mentioned that you don't do that at your work. People show up to meetings that mm-hmm. that is a meeting. We're yeah, all exactly. we're all we're all meeting there to do jujitsu. To do jujitsu, it's it's a, it it is literally a meeting, and yeah. uh, where where the reason why we're all there has meaning to all of us, right? And all of of the people that are there who showed up on time, um, they they went out of their way to to show up to the meeting on time and to be prepared you know they they're ready and, to learn they're, they're ready they're, to learn yeah exactly and, and for the for the for the the coach or professor um you know a lot of a lot of that they're not making a million dollars being there that but but they also have worked Mm-hmm. a ton to get there this is their a lot of these guys this is their profession so show, show some respect absolutely you know, this, this person can be teaching other people that are more deserving and and willing to sit here and learn you know yeah um they're they're trying to earn a living they're yeah you know they did it's it's such it's like any other any other thing if you have a job and you're consistently late you're gonna get fired yeah the the teacher or your boss isn't gonna keep saying Oh, okay. Well, okay. Next time. Don't be late. Next time. Don't be late. Don't be late. You know, it's, it's just so unacceptable. So that's something I've seen over the years and it's always just the same type of people or the same people. Honestly, it's always, and I've said stuff to people, but you know, for the most part, I'm, it's not my class, but I'll tell you one thing, if it was my class, or if I ever end up being in a position to teach like that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even allow that. I just, to me, there's no, and especially I think it bothers me even more is because I train it first thing in the morning. So if you're late consistently, it's literally, you're just not getting up early enough. Yeah. <laughs> there's, nothing, 100%. there's nothing else going on at five 30 in the morning. So there's you, no traffic. Making, yeah. If you're there's- making a commitment, <laughs> set your alarm earlier. Like I, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this to like, I mean, I'm not joking here. I've trained hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of classes over eight years. And I was late one time. Yeah. Once one time. And that was because I forgot my gi at home or something. And so I was literally like 20 minutes late. I went all the way home, but I think about that. Like I think about that. I'm like, that's just, it's simple to do. You know, you just, I, so I don't get that. So if I could ever get a message out on a podcast, which that's what we're doing here. That's, that's a huge one for me is just show some respect by being late. And how about this? Be, be early. Right. I mean, you want to kind of be 10, 15 minutes early, whatever it, most of the time at most gyms, it's up to 15 minutes early, you know, get in there, get a stretch, you know, say hello to people, 
um, get, get your gear ready, you know, whatever you need to do. But man, it's like that, that repetitiveness is, it's a big one. Yeah. And from the perspective of the person being late, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a person who's usually late to stuff. I tend to be early. And, um, a lot of that is the military mindset is that like, if you're not, you know, if you're not 15 minutes early, then you're late, you know, (laughs) like when I have clients and I, I mean, I do online stuff now and I literally open my meeting room 15 Mm -hmm. minutes early and just sit there and wait for the person to show up because like, there's no, there's no reason for it. So, um, but from the perspective, it it does take discipline, but from the perspective of somebody that is being late, just from what I've seen over the years, what ends up happening is the person is late and it throws not only throws the whole class off, but that person shows up and they are flustered. Yes. So on top of the disruption of the class and the students and the the teaching, that person shows up, they're flustered. They're mm-hmm. running around like a chicken with their head cut off, which means they're not in a primed and ready state to actually learn anything. Yeah. Like you're, you show up, your heart rate's already racing. You haven't even warmed up and you get on the mats and then you're thrown into, depending on when you show up, you're thrown into some sort of drilling or technique and you're still trying to process the whole being late and getting changed over and running from the locker room to the mats and like Mm -hmm. just trying to get ready. And you're not in a state of optimal learning. No. And then, you know, it's just the, the actual disruptment of the class when you come in, it's, it's okay, Bob, here we are. We're going to do this today. And this is what we've been working on these last 10 minutes that you missed. You know, this here, here, let, let me break away from everyone to show you now. Yeah. You know, so it's like that, that right there is just some like, that is so such a selfish act if you're completely and doing it consistently, you know, all the time. And that does happen. So, you know, show some respect and it's kind of a group effort and it's a classroom and people should get the equal amount of learning. So you know, don't make the professor come over and either talk to you about being late or whatever it is, you know, don't make a scene, you know, be there on time. And if you're not going to be there on time, maybe this class isn't right for you. Maybe go to the, you know, pick one that you can make. Absolutely. You know, and yeah, I get it. Some people are chronically late and that's just the way they are, but I'll just tell you the way people look at those people because I've been in many, many, many situations professionally in these, and they're always looked down upon. Like it looks bad. If you're it's a professional, a yes, it's a terrible look and yeah. it goes across the board for everything you do. So, um, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, it is. A, it is a big one. And I, it, it is, it, it's a pet peeve of mine too. I just, when people walk in late and like our gym, you know, the buzzer goes off when somebody walks yeah. in the door and there's like a bell, Yeah, you know, and, it's and it's, all, there's you know, a big glass window. So then everybody who's drilling, they're like literally everyone's heads pop yeah, up exactly, and look back and it's like it breaks the entire momentum. It does. Of, it kills the vibe. It kills everything. And so, yeah, just yeah don't be late try and just i i wish i wish it were that easy sometimes people need to be told though honestly um and and this is just a way maybe someone will hear this and they're like oh i didn't realize that that was a big deal or i wasn't doing it all that often well it is a big deal you know so and especially with us we have professors that are very calm and collected and laid back and i they're never gonna say anything i don't like people that get walked over you know, so, yeah. you know, take care of business and wherever you are, you know, just be on time. I mean, you're, believe me, your professor is appreciates it, you know, yeah. it, you appreciate it as a, as a business person. When I was, I would hold meetings as a manager and in, in like the corporate world, it's, I respect the people that are there on time and being attentive. And maybe it's not something that we all want to do. Maybe we're on a project that it just sucked, but be professional, you know, show up and, the person that's walking in late consistently and treating it like it's a joke. Well, exactly. It's a vibe killer. You yeah. know, how are you going to be productive? And that goes with jujitsu on the mats as well. You and know? here's, here's another aspect to it is that, um, s- setting an example for other, for other people, like we're both Brown belts. Mm-hmm. I consider, I-, I consider myself somebody that, 
you know, I've mentioned this before. I try to go out of my way to introduce myself and make sure people have a good positive, positive experience when they step on the mats. And especially if you're a purple belt, brown belt, you know, you're getting into those higher belts. Like you Mm -hmm. need to be the one who's setting the example for everybody else. And if you're, if you're walking in 10, 15, 20 minutes late, like people are going to see that the, 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 the lower ranks see that. And then the upper ranks like see that as well. And I'm like, I'm like, I see a purple bell walking up on the mats late consistently, you know, like you were saying, it's, you know, one time thing. Hey, I get it. It happens. Um, But if it's a consistent issue, it's like, man, dude, come on, get problems on you. Yeah. Get, get it together, man. Yeah. That's a great point. I mean, I know you do that and you welcome people and that's another part of just jujitsu etiquette. You know, that's a great I mean, that is a huge part of it is setting an example as an upper, upper belt, any belt, any belt, any belt, yeah. you know, set an example. If you're a white belt with three stripes, set an example Absol- for the new, for person. the new white belt. Exactly. Yep. So it can happen. It's for everyone. Set that example. Um, walk over to that person, say hello. If they don't introduce themselves, let's say they're new or they're new to the class. You know, I know you're always the first person that was always going up to people and, that, I mean, think back on when your first training, that is so big, you know, it's so huge to have someone, especially if it's a higher belt. Cause you, you know, you look up to these people and you're like, oh, they must be doing it a long time. That's exactly what I thought as these, these are the people I need to be watching as examples. So it's only very quickly that you see kind of some of the negative stuff. You notice that quickly. Right. But yeah, you know, introduce yourself, um, set an example by helping out the lower belts if you're an upper belt or if you're a blue belt help out the white belt doesn't you know either way but you know another thing is you want to be attentive um during the lesson you know um and we've all been there where we're chatting and you got you know you're talking to your training partner and you guys are in a conversation maybe you're doing drills and stuff and then coach gets, gets back together and you know they're ready to show the next kind of lesson and you just keep talking you know or yeah. i've had that where i've like I've had training partners that just keep talking. I'm just literally, I have to say like, okay, stop. Like I've had, that's happened many times over the years, but, and that's, there's, that's not evil or anything. It's just somebody having a good time, having a good discussion, but you have to be cognizant of that, you know? So that's just another part of this. What we're talking about today is having that etiquette and being attentive to the professor, you know, um, you're paying for those, these lessons, so 100%. You know, that's that's what you're there for. So show some respect and when it's time to stop chatting, you know, stop chatting. Let's let's learn the lesson. Hey, when you start drilling again, time to chat chat your purse your partner up if that's what you're, you know, wanting to do today. But um that's a big one is just uh, you know, being in the moment. That's why we train jiu-jitsu is to 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 leave all of our other stuff outside of the gym, be in the moment and be attentive. You know, if you're, if you're stressed about something or you're talking to somebody about this, or maybe your head's just not even in the game and you're just, that can happen too. Right. Maybe something so serious is going on that you want to train, but you're just, you know, so you just got to kind of catch yourself if that's happening or if you're talking, you know, pay attention to the, to the professor. And that just goes back to the whole respect and honor thing as we started out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, um, that, that's something. So for all the listeners at, at our gym, um, when everybody comes up on the, on the mats, everybody gets there at a different time. Um, everybody, so people are kind of stretching out, warming up. Everybody's kind of, you know, BSing a little bit, but everybody that walks on the mats, uh, you go around and shake everybody's hand or say what's up, give them a knuckle pound or something, something like that. They just go say what's up. Um, that's something that uh, I not only really enjoyed, that's something I've carried over to the gym here. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't, that, um, that wasn't happening at, at the gym that, that I'm at right now. Um, I still don't see a lot of people doing it, but I'm, I'm interested to see it, uh, how it catches on. So I'm like Mm -hmm. noticing, but that's something that I've, uh, a tradition that I've kind of carried over to the, the gym, the gym that I've, 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 uh, that I am doing here. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just a nice gesture. So it's a great, 
even so if people welcoming. don't pick up on it, maybe a couple people will, or even if they don't, you're the only person in the gym doing it. They'd be like, Wes is a cool guy. Like that's nice of him to do that. You know, maybe it picks somebody up for the day yeah, or picks their spirits up or, Hey, so this guy said hello to me. <laughs> I mean, it's just nice to do. So, yeah. Um, I mean, last week we had a bunch of new last week or two weeks ago last week. Um, you know, we had just, a flood of new white belts on the mats and i was uh i was you know i was watching i was watching to see what how people were um there were the more established grapplers and mm-hmm. who all know each other and then there were was this large group of white belts and so i was kind of curious how it would how the the dynamics were right. and so um you know i was looking for those things and it was like okay well i need to go I need to go say what's up because I was I was the highest belt on the mats. Yeah. So um, it matters. It matters what I do. Yeah, exactly. That's so, good on um, you for doing that. You know, you it, it, there's there's that other tradition where, you know, being a higher belt is sometimes regarded as oh, it's this person that's on it. You know, that you can't touch them or you can't talk to them or you can't ask them to roll. You know, you've heard that before. Um, yes be careful asking the higher belts to roll and maybe it's some, I get in honestly, it's still like that in some gyms, or maybe you don't mm-hmm. ask the black belt to roll or something. I don't understand that because we we're always in a gym. That's pretty, they're pretty open about, and maybe not everyone, but training with each other. I mean, that's what we're there for, you know, yeah. but I think at some places there might be guys that have their egos are just so inflated that they don't want to be wrecked by that 230 pound blue belt or something. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's, Um, but you know, so I guess if you're at a place, you probably should understand what the tradition is with that, because you could definitely be in a place where something more traditional, and I'm not even going to say a gym, but maybe something like the Gracie school you were at, maybe, I don't know, but maybe there's something where, you know, if you're a white belt, you're not going to be able to do that. Or you just, you wait for the higher belt to ask you to roll. So I honestly don't really never talked to our gym owner, the professor professor about that to know what his thoughts are, but I could just tell by the gym vibes is that it's in, at least in my circles, it's always been accepted. Yeah. Everyone just rolls with each other. So, um, the, the, my coaches are always more than happy to roll with everyone because that's the whole point is they can evaluate you and teach you as you go, or they just both love jujitsu that my coaches all love jujitsu so much. They just like to roll with everyone. So, um, my, like I was mentioning the, the school that I started at was very traditional they you know the the bowing thing um the the bowing to a to a picture of elio yeah that always uh everybody's got a different opinion of that but that (laughs) always it wasn't my thing no you didn't know you didn't want to feel that little culty a little cultiness no that (laughs) is super culty man Uh, yeah it is but it's, it's i get it I do hey. too, but you, you know, here's the other part of that is that we attribute a lot of this to Elio, but there are some other members of that family. Oh yeah, that that uh, contributed to the to where oh, jujitsu sure. is for now. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. and so um, I think our our lineage has a mixture. Because, it does. Uh, um, who is Gustavo's professor. He came from, I think he was on the Helio side early on in his life. And then later, I think he got his brown belt from Carlson mm-hmm. or on that side. So, um, again, though, totally different. It's interesting if you've ever read some of the, like, just reading articles on the Gracie and the disputes between the family and how yeah. it's, it's, an, it's really interesting background. But, it, you know. They on that side, they like to honor him on his photo, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. They're just paying respects, you know. And I get that. I completely get that. I I also get that. Um, I am not a huge. Wasn't that was not my favorite. I still, having said that, whenever I step on the mats, I give a quick bow because oh yeah, this is a um. I'm not a, a, a spiritual person, mm-hmm. so um, 
the jujitsu mats are kind of my sacred place. Right, yeah. And it's just a way that I feel like I can show the mats their respect and um, all my training partners that I'm going to be present when I'm here and give yeah. everybody my best. And um, it's just a... I was going to say that's your training partners. You mentioned that, but that's like this whole thing. It's you, it, it takes two to tango with yeah. the sport. So that's probably, you know, you have your gym, your etiquette with your professor and the lineage and being knowledgeable about that and understanding how the gym operates. And then you have this whole other um, relationship you have with these people who are your training partners. You know, yeah. and showing them respect by showing up on time, like we said, um, you know, washing your your gear. That's a yeah. huge part of being uh, the etiquette of a gym is the gym needs to the gym should have etiquette um, in terms of like a personal like a, a hygiene program. There should be great gym hygiene. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you want it, you want that. Um, but there's obviously places that don't have that, but you want, you want personal hygiene to protect, you know, your training partners. So, you know, you, you want to be on time and all that good stuff, but when it comes down to it, you're going to be rolling with someone. So personal hygiene on a very close sport is like a huge part of etiquette in general, in my opinion, like that's, yeah. we could talk for days on that, but I think um, we come from a really clean facility and I've always been really spoiled with that. Um, I've really never experienced anyone close training partners with any kind of bad infections or anything. And it's always seemed, you know, I've had some training partners in the past um, that like, I really did not want to roll with yeah, because they smelt so bad or their, oh, man. their gym. I just, I, 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 I don't know. I think I'm just like too far into it now. I wouldn't, I'd probably just get so mad. Like it, I, I'd just probably just like stop this. I'm just not yeah. even going to do this at this point. Cause it's so disgusting. And I'm talking like when it's really bad, like yeah, there's a difference and, between, Oh, this guy needs, oh, okay. Maybe he didn't wash his gi last night. Like I've been around that, but I, it was a white belt. I remember this guy, he literally never washed his gi. Mm. Like I, I, I don't know that for sure, but I know for a fact, like he would tell me he would just like dry it out in his car and just stuff like that, like for that a week. Is, and no, it was so disgusting. I didn't know any better at the time, but look, everyone should be washing your kimono and your belt and all of your gear, every single training sessions, you know, maybe if you're training in a couple hours and you dry your gear out and you want to put it back on and you're not leaving the gym or something, you know, I get that like, instructors that are teaching all day long but if you've sweat in that thing like you normally do in a class it's disgusting yeah like, it you is. have other people's germs in and, and you have the mats germs and the cotton fabrics i know this for a fact they just pick up that stuff like you know um so if you're where it, it's really bad it's like a bad situation and if you've ever seen staff or anything in person uh man you just have that is like obviously that one's at the top of the list as well you know wash your kimono wash your belt and wash your undergarments everything you know yeah i go nuclear on mine every after every training session i mean i i i have got a full regimen that i put <laughs> yeah, my geese good. through man it is like you know you should see my the place where i have all my laundry detergent it's like i have detergent i've got like these sport packs i've got yep. like I've got like the whole, the whole thing. Um, and because we've all ran, we've all rolled with, um, that guy who's got the, the smelly gi. And I, I don't know. I, I had a gi, um, I think I was a blue belt. I had a gi that, um, I washed it after every time and it just, it held on to the, yeah, it held on to some the of funk. Them do that. Some mm -hmm. of them do that. And so, uh, what I found is um you can soak it in in vinegar mm -hmm. like give it a couple hours in like some vinegar and then wash it and that has helped in the past and you i know what's better than that what's that I'll just getting honest. a new gi www.rollunion.com <laughs> that's exactly right uh, that's exactly no but they right. do um actually they do i had i had a gi um 
several years ago that had that same thing. And none of my geese ever did that. Like I, I, cause I would just wash, um, I would wash everything after every training session. I just wash everything. But this one gi, I started, I was like, what is that smell? Like it it all of a sudden says, and I really liked the gi and it wasn't trained in that much. It was weird. Yeah. But I found this product. um, They make stuff. You could like soak it. And I think they even like promote that it like turns the bathwater brown or something. It takes everything out of the, that's the commercial I saw anyway. It was true. Like it was like, I soaked it and did what they said with this stuff. And it like made the geek completely. It never smelled again. Like it, so there's products you can actually buy um, to have by your, you know, your washing machine and just throw like a little tab in there or something. Yeah. You know? Um, however, you know, you just have to have, you have to make that commitment. I mean, for sure. Let's just be real. We're not all the same. And some people aren't as clean in their general lives. So, <laughs> but yeah. it, even if that's the case, the more that's why you need to be aware that this isn't all about you. Yeah. You know, you, people joke about, you know, you don't wash your belt. Um, you're going to lose its superpowers. I hope that's a joke at this point, it, but even it's not because I, I'll look at comments and people are dead serious. People are still this. doing that. And it's, it's actually, it's, that is one of the most disrespectful things you can do to me. Like, cause my body, my face is on that belt when I'm training with you, you know? So like we have a right to train in a safe environment without the risk of getting staff. That's, that's as simple as it's put. And if you're putting someone in risk because of something like that, um, just take some responsibility and, and care for, you know, your personal hygiene, but also know that it's affecting other people. So wash that stuff. Um, I've always appreciated someone smelling clean. How about you? For sure, one hundred percent. That's why. That's so, why I do what I do with my geese now. Yeah. And that, long story short, with that old gee, I had a couple. Um, I would through all the tricks in the book of that thing, it would stay. It, it would stop hanging on to that funk for a period of time, and then it would go right back to it. I threw that fucking gee in the trash, and I bought a new one. <laughs> you know, yeah, because it needed to go. It was yeah. like, okay, if if this is going to be a repeat thing. Yeah. Then, um, sometimes and, and it was, it was like, and it was already starting to get well, some miles on that, it. You know, you put those things through hell, you know, yeah. we do. I mean, they, uh, they expire, they have expiration yeah. expiries on them, you know, That's, I'm not going to say that, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> As a business owner, I'd want them all just to last six months to keep buying more, but, uh, no controlled obsolescence. Yeah. We make, uh, we make good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I, I want this stuff to. I want this stuff to last to last as, as long as possible. Exactly, you yeah. got to get your money's worth out of it. And if you want, you know, you can't just have one gi. You want to have a couple gis to, yeah. depending on how much you're training. And um, well, no matter what gi you wear, make it make sure it's clean. You know, so it's yeah. another. And you know, your personal hygiene goes with that. Um, your t- your fingernails, your toenails, fingernails you know. and toenails. Do man. I, That's another know, one. Don't show do, up with talons on your hands. Yeah, you know, and even. Even if you don't think they're long, it doesn't take much. Like, it doesn't. You know, so just keep those things trimmed. I mean, I've obviously had a bunch of different experiences with that, but um, just being slashed by a nail. And it's, I've probably done the same to someone else, yeah. you know. Um, even if they're trimmed down, you could, that's a hard part. And if you're swiping your toe across something or it's going to leave a mark sometimes, so all the more important that if you're getting nicks and scratches and dings that your gym's clean, the mats are clean, your gear's clean. Um, my daughter, when she was in high school, she was a cheerleader and she, they would roll these mats into the, so like in a high school, you know, you can picture like the cafe, the gymnasium, let's say, which doubles as a cafeteria in a lot of places or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's, what's the case here. So you already have this environment where there's a ton of people in there all the time. But then during practice, they would roll these giant mats. Like it would take the whole team. Right. They would roll these huge mats across the floor and they were stored like on the side of the, the gym all the time. These things were disgusting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing is they all have shoes on their cheerleaders. That's what you do. So you have these dirty shoes on, you're in the dirty mats, you're put rolling these things out with your hands. No one's washing your hands. Then you're stunting. I know some cheerleader 
terminology. Mm-hmm. So when, you know, they're holding the girls up by their feet. So your hands, everything is so disgusting and dirty in that sport. She got staff mm. that year from those mats under her butt, like on her upper hand, like hand back hamstring type. It was the, it was scary. Number one, it was nasty. It was like a dime or nickel size hole oh my that gosh. went into her skin and they had to pack this stuff. So like for a couple of weeks, like she was consistently packing and unpacking this to get the, the, the infection out. Have you seen like, that Kevin Randleman? Oh my God. Yes. It's disgusting. Yeah. That's what my daughter, like, not like that, but yeah, that's a little version of this, but that was just from those, like, that's all it takes. That, yeah. That's what it was. And it's scary. And that's why if you're not in an environment like that, and there's plenty of places that aren't that clean, you know, that's something I would reconsider. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable training in some nasty place. That's just my personality anyway. Honestly, you know, that's one of the first things I noticed about the gym we were at. It was like, that this place is clean. Okay. They take this seriously. So that was a big thing for me. So everyone should take it serious. If you have never even considered it before, think about that. I mean, it's going to be your safety, your, your training partner's safety. Um, when COVID came, we, we started talking about training with COVID and what's this going to look like. But as many of us know, there's all these other dangers in the gym in terms of unseen dangers, whether it's the flu virus or the cold, if you're training with someone or infections, you know, so we all take risks out there, but we have to like mitigate that and just everyone do their part. And you're going to be so much, everyone's going to respect you so much more for doing all these things we're talking about today and being like a top notch training partner and teammate and friend. Yeah, there's is uh, taking care of your training partners is it, it's not just the stuff that you do on the mats. You know, it's the it is the washing your belt, washing your gi, putting, you know, cutting your fingernails and toenails, making sure all that stuff is I mean, the personal hygiene stuff um it 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 matters so much because that's those are the things that's going to allow people to train into longevity. Uh, as well, because you don't have somebody like your daughter. I'm sure she couldn't train. Right. I'm sure she couldn't. She do was cheerle- out. She was out. Yeah. You know, if that that happens, same thing on the jujitsu mat. Somebody gets staffed. Somebody gets ringworm. Somebody spreads a cold around. Somebody, whatever. I mean, those are the things that um, they do affect your training partners. And and um, you know, when somebody comes in, it's like, hey man, where where you been the last ten days? Oh man, I was out of the cold, dude. Thank you so much for not coming in here. Yes, you know, exactly. thank you so much. Um, I've been like, thinking about this because it's like I'm a pretty straightforward person, and I don't mind. I don't think I'd mind telling someone. I don't want to come off so rude, but like you're sick, you shouldn't be training. Yeah, and I've I've told people been pretty frank about things before, but you know. It's pretty well, it's pretty good knowledge. Like if you, it wouldn't be looked down upon if you see someone with a skin lesion or something, or maybe they think it's like this pimple, but you might be like, oh my God, that's like pretty nasty. Maybe you're training Noki or something and you could see something on someone's leg or whatever. It's on someone's arm. Not only is it not, it shouldn't be looked down upon, but you actually have the right to say something like I'm not comfortable training with you. It's very difficult, might be difficult discussion or to say or insinuate that on someone, but Hey, like, what are we doing here? You know, yeah. it's not worth that. Like, let's just have a discussion. So the same can be said about being sick, especially in now and yeah. in, in these times now, you know, um, some people are so hard headed and stubborn and selfish that they are going to want to go out and train no matter what. Yeah. And it's like don't expect me not to call you out if I see if you're sniffling in my ear the whole time yeah. you're training, you know? So I think people need to talk about that more. Like this, this is the time to do that. We're in a situation here where well, we've spoken of this before, but look, if you're around someone that has COVID or whatever it is, it's flu, the same thing. Don't be coming to class until you're clear, you know, goes back to this entire conversation of having respect for, your training partner, your gym, your, you know, the whole, the whole deal. 
Yeah, and you're you know the approach is the it's all in the approach, right? Yeah, like somebody exactly. shows up. Uh, I had a guy in my um, my post grad education. He was a, a big into CrossFit. Uh, he, he had a shaved head. We got into a lab and it's a lot of manual, like hands-on work we were doing at the time. We got into a lab and I started looking at this guy's head and he, you know, I, I kind of see him like itching it, you know? And, um, I was like, Hey, Hey man, like what's, what's going on with your scalp? And oh, I don't know, man, I got this weird, uh, got this weird like rash. I don't know what it is. And I kind of look at it and I was like, brother i think that's ringworm and he was like no and i was like i'm telling you like yeah i have seen a lot of ringworm in my day that <laughs> that it, it's a big circle and it's got central clearing that yeah, is like that's it it's all scaly brother you got ringworm he could not believe it yeah and it was like i was like man you need to talk to your and that and so this so here's another um Good thing. I I told this guy, I was like, hey man, like, ringworm's not a big deal. Don't mm-hmm. go back to the gym. But tell tell your gym that um it was an they exposure. Need to, it, there was yeah, tell your gym they just need to go clean their stuff. Cause they're if you like your gym's not they're not cleaning their stuff if yeah, you've got exactly. if you've got that ringworm on your head. Um, right. you know, so you probably got it from from your from your gym, man. Obviously. Yeah. So um you know, he was pretty shocked about it. He was like, he went to the, he went to like Walgreens or something and saw one of their nurse practitioners. Yeah. He couldn't believe it. Texted me that, texted me that same <laughs> night. It was like, dude, that was totally ringworm. You're right. And I was like, man, I've seen this. Yeah, I've there seen you it go. A thousand Perfect times, example. Man. Perfect so, example. Touch base with your gym. Let them know that they just need to, you know, wipe their, wipe their gear down. Yeah. Um. But yeah, don't, don't show up. Don't show up sick as a dog. <laughs> sick, ringworm, staff, <laughs> staff <laughs> stay home. Stay I mean, home. jiu-jitsu is fun and no one wants to miss it, but uh, it's just not worth it, you know. So, And we're, we're speaking across people with many different gyms. So, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be in a place that, you know, the mats are cleaned all the time. And I think with COVID, you know, obviously people are maybe cleaning more. You know, I've seen, I've seen other gyms implement heavier cleaning protocols and stuff and that's that's a good thing you know it's yeah it, is there more of a close contact kind of gross sport to people if you've never trained jujitsu but you're just living in s- several people's sweat for the morning you know? so yeah it's uh it's just that's the reality of it so we got to take care of each other yeah for sure this is i mean it's th- these are all risks that you know we we jump on the mats knowing that there's it is a close contact sport. So the, the best thing we can do for each other is to take care of each other. And, and very, you know, if these are very basic things that we talk about, but they still go missed, Mm -hmm. um, regularly. And, you know, these are to make a jujitsu reference, you know, it's the, it's, it's the very, it's the basics. It's, you know, how good can you get at the basics? Um, and jujitsu and, you know, these types of basic things, washing your stuff, all the stuff that we've kind of talked about are the things that affect your ability to stay on the mats and they affect your training partner's ability to also stay healthy and training the way they want to. So, yeah. Um, and that's just, it's super important. If we can just, you know, all medic, you know, do our best to mitigate as many of these risks as we can. Um, I think the better off we're well, all going to be. Yeah. And the more focus we can do on learning the art. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you're distracted by any of the things we're talking about today, whether someone's being late or they're smelling really bad and you're, you know, it's totally making, obviously if you have to train with someone that stinks, it's going to, it's going to rain on your parade. Yeah. Like you can't, (laughs) I I just want to kind of get mad and make that person pay for (laughs) like really put some pressure on that person. Well, I'm not, it's like a mean thing to say, but that's, it's like, Oh, I, this, Okay. This is what I, we're doing here. I am not going. I'm not allowing myself <laughs> to get into bottom side control. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, I'm playing my top game. Like, oh, we're neon. Man. We're going neon belly here so that I can. Exactly. Not even because I want to. 
No. Just because I can incre- – that's the best place to create distance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, whilst, while, while still playing the game. You know what For I mean? Sure. So, For sure. Five minutes worth. That's of Neon Belly. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm actually working on my uh, transitions from side to side neon belly. Oh yeah, uh, that'd be great. Yeah, so it's yeah, you just don't you know you can't you can't be distracted. We're there to train, so all these basic things we're talking about it's called etiquette. You know, be on time, be clean for your training partner. Know your know your traditions about your gym. You know whether you can ask higher belts to roll or. Whatever it is, it might be coaching from the sidelines. That's another one, you know, um, that's a, you know, if you feel comfortable, uh, if you're, there's obviously your, your coaches are going to let you know if you shouldn't be doing that, but you know, everyone wants to help and that's a good thing too, but you got to make sure that you're giving the right advice or that it's in the right situation, um, that you're not talking over coach, which I've seen people do or, or, or questioning coach you know, or the professor, these are all things that many gyms experience. And it's just most of the time it's because someone's not really familiar with the gym etiquette. So all of those things taken care of, you know, obviously the the hygiene one is a huge one. So get out there and clean your stuff and have some awareness of yourself and your surroundings and what, what we're doing here. Yeah, I was gonna bring up the bathroom uh, with no shoes on. Yeah. The f- that that's one that always. I guess we should definitely mention it because yeah. you know we we take it we think that everyone knows that one, but um, that that one it's you you just have to kind of do as much as you can to mitigate that because let's face it, someone could be an hour before class walking down the street on the, on the asphalt and then they go into their, uh, house and they get their jujitsu stuff on and they don't really take a shower, don't wash their feet and they go to the gym and they train. Okay. Yeah. They go to the gym, they do everything they should. They take their shoes off at the mat, but you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's always, that's why it's good to be clean. You know, if you're working all day and you're working out in the sun and you're sweating your ass off all day and you're disgusting, that's probably something you should do is take a shower before you don't say, I'll do, Oh, I'm going to work out. Why would I take a shower? No, you will. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> Come to class clean, you know, but so what I, what I was getting at is you never know what people are doing on the outside in terms of hygiene, but at least in the gym, you have to control what you can. So when someone's walking in, you know, if maybe you don't train jujitsu, you know, what you want to do is you wear basically your shoes or some sandals up to the mat, you know, where you get onto the mat and you take your shoes off. Maybe you bow to the mat or you bow to your professor. You come onto the mat with no shoes on. There's never, you're never allowed shoes on the mat. It's a big no, no in jujitsu. Having said that there's plenty of times when people will then walk off the mat without their shoes. Now you, what you should be doing is putting your shoes back on. And your shoes should be clean too. I mean, right? I mean, yeah. uh, buy a $10 pair of cheap, clean flip-flops every few months, you know, yeah. like have some clean stuff so that you're not putting dirty shoes on. But the whole premise is to keep the mats as clean as possible with your, without dirty feet because we're touching the feet, the feet are in our face, they're on our gi, you know, you're, you're grabbing the feet all the time, your hand, you know, everything, right? Yeah. So. You take the you take your shoes off. You step on the mat. When you come off the mat, you get into your shoes. Especially if you're walking around, obviously. Yeah. If you're gonna go to the restroom, come on. Put them bad boys on. Let's hope that your facility's clean. But you know, you just don't want to be walking in the restroom or anywhere for that matter on common common ground. You're just walking where everyone else is walking with no shoes on. Then you bring it back on the mat. It defeats the whole purpose. So yeah. that's a really important one that we have to mention in terms of etiquette. So, and, um, I've seen that guy, you know, at our gym, that's everyone's pretty much committed to that. So it's, it's important. Well, bud, did we talk about everything? I think, well, man, there's so much, there's so much. I think this is a topic that we'll, we'll talk about in multiple podcasts and always touch upon because yeah, it's important. And it's something that we all talk about as practitioners from time to time. And, uh, you guys, 
Thanks for listening. If you guys want to follow us, go check us out on where we're available, Podbean or Spotify now. So Dude, we're all over the place now. Podbean, Spotify. I uploaded our uh, link to um, Pocket Casts. I know a lot of people. I got a request on uh, on Reddit for somebody to put us on Pocket Casts. So I I nice. got that done uh, a week or two ago. So we're on Pocket Casts. Stitcher now. Stitcher. So um, we are. We're. I think we've only got one big one. One big one left, huh? Yep, the big boy. The big boy. So <laughs> we'll see. Hey, hey, you know what? It's all. It's all good. People can find us. We've told yeah, you a million times. Follow us on Instagram. Um, we get repetitive on there, but that's because we want you to listen. So on every post, you're gonna. Sh- we're showing you where to listen. So yeah. go check us out. Follow, like. Um, we appreciate all the support and the messages we've gotten, and we're just here to do a laid back conversation about what it takes and uh, what the journey's like on the road to black. Yeah, uh, real quick before we close it down, uh, we get all the messages and we read we read every single one of them. And so we've been getting a lot of good messages lately and we're very thankful and appreciative for all of the listeners who are sending those. And if you guys are, if you guys want to go to that next level and uh, show some support, share it with your followers. That's the best way to support us is to get them out to the people that follow you um, so that, so that people can um, also get on the road to black. Exactly. We're just building a community here, bud. Yeah. I will see you next week, Wes and everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of the road to black podcast. Once again, please support our sponsors, the BJJ physio, Contact Wes, he'll hook you up with some customized programming for your game. Take it to the next level. Therapy, performance, the BJJ Physio. Also, Roll Union Jiu-Jitsu. Check out the latest styles, Jiu-Jitsu, casual wear, training gear. Check them out, RollUnion.com. Follow on Instagram, at RollUnion. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time.